At the dawn of humankind's third age, the last of the Babylon stations was constructed. Its narrative captured the attention of many fans in the 1990s. While some of it was what we had seen before, the overarching story was unique and compelling and something we had not seen from American science fiction on television. Babylon 5 is a five-mile-long self-contained world. Throughout its story, it's a dream, it's a port of call, it's a beacon, and it's a dangerous place. But it's also the galaxy's last, best hope for peace and victory. As one chapter of its story ends, another begins. This is about how Babylon 5 endures. Welcome back to Babylon Squared. Um, let's see here. Mona, you went first last week, so I'll go first this week. Um, okay, but I'm just going to point out that you technically introduced me when you said my name, so you go A and I technically... Well, here we go. <laughs> That's Mona. If you need to contact her, contact me. Mona, who am I? Oh, now this is Joffrey at joffreyspurl.com. At joffreyspurl.com? Am I wrong about that? How do you... At Twitter. You at Joffrey Spurl on Twitter. There you go. You, you, there we go. Yeah. And then it is JoffreySpurl.com. Look at that. I put them together. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Cool. That works. That works. Well, hi, everybody. <laughs> Hello. We are talking about probably my second favorite episode this season. Um. Not, That's a question only you can answer. Well, it's been a while since I've watched season one. Mm-hmm. So, I this one in particular continues Jakar's, you know, like the opening of Jakar's character, right? This one starts showing more depth as opposed to presenting him as the heel or like uh, Parliament of Dreams really really delving into what makes him tick politically right mm. so this one this one actually we see we see the onion peeled back a bit more um and of course we get bester in this episode oh yeah this is bester oh psychor yeah. this is bester's Cycor's first mother. episode psychor is father and um yeah yeah i forgot i forgot how good walter koenig 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 i think koenig i think koenig? i should know that i should look it up i was about koenig. to say you're the you're the bigger trekkie out of the two of us so i am a, quite a fan yeah. any other star trek fans out there please feel free to correct us on social media koenig. um yeah i'd love to get the correct pronunciation yeah i mean I, I, it is a very different character than Chekhov. Oh, yeah. And I think he does a wonderful job inhabiting Bester and doing a great job of separating what everybody thinks of as Chekhov, right? Because most people would look at him prior to this and just say, oh, it's Chekhov. And at this point... Yeah. 
At this point, I think people would still say, oh, it's Chekhov. But those of us who know Babylon 5 might actually turn around and say, hey, it's Bester. I think it's a great point. He's created such an iconic role yeah. in crafting and building Bester that people who are really, you know, cult fans, people who are listening to B-Squared right now, mm -hmm. we might call that out at first impression, seeing him, like, you know, on a site or something. You know, I think that he's such a strong actor. We don't, at least myself, I am not familiar with him as the villain prior to Babylon 5. Mm. Um, no. So, yeah, I think... Well, I'm, I'm not going to talk about it too much because I really want to see him in Mind War. But I think that this is um, such a nice, refreshing experience with this actor as just, you know, like, where else does he play a villain? That's a good question. That really is. I, I know he's done a lot of voiceover work. I'm looking at his Wikipedia page right now. Um... Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, he's nothing. You know, yeah, and that's a, a you know a thing. Sometimes when you're so good at building iconic an iconic character, it's really easy to get pigeonholed as always the you know always the protagonist, mm -hmm. you know, or always the supporting character. And um, he had that breath where he could build two icons, you know, completely polar opposites. I'd say. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think the last time I saw him prior to this episode was um, a video game where um, you're going through the academy and he oh. he was the he was the, the he was the main cast member walking your your character through the academy. It was when they were doing the whole full motion video renaissance, right? Oh, or neat. Maybe, maybe not renaissance, but it was the it was the beginning of the use of full motion video. So it was after Mist, but before they really started getting good with CGI animation and things like that. I'll need to look it mm. up. I can't remember the exact name. Yeah, I need to look it up too. I haven't played it. <laughs> it's it's ancient. I don't. I mean, you could probably play it in a VM real easily, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Oh, here it is. It's right here. It's Starfleet Academy, nineteen ninety seven. Oh. So I take that back. He did this. Oh. He did this after Bester. Ninety seven. He's back then. Um, I wasn't aware of any like Star Trek games, but I had a Star Trek RPG going in an AOL. Mm. So I was, you know. AOL. <laughs> AOL. It was a long-running Star Trek RPG. We were, like, consistent. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. I love that every so, time we talk about Bab 5, we <laughs> all right. talking about everything. All right. So, Mind War. Um, are you all queued up and ready to go? I am so ready to go. Are you ready to go? I am ready to go. So, uh, Let's count it down. Ready? Yep. Ye. Song. Say. English. Okay. One. Two. Three. Four. Five. 
dramatic music. <laughs> so, what they don't mention here is that this is a, um, this is like a, a special forces squadron that has just but I do been, remember this character yeah it's just been taken out and all this coffee they're definitely drinking coffee it's not a, a secret anymore oh yeah yeah so you know I gotta say it's interesting that so far in the future we still dry our hair with a towel <laughs> Well, I mean, if we think of it from a practical standpoint, mm -hmm. right, if you're trying to conserve energy and systems on a, a space station, maybe you wouldn't give them the ability to dry their hair in some sort of ultra-futuristic hair dryer, right? Mm -hmm. Right, so it would be like, well, we we have these things, but we don't have this. I mean, that might make sense, but yeah, yeah I don't think they thought about that. They just put Catherine in a towel. <laughs> yeah. Part of the costume. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm really curious how the reimagining of this world is going to look because there's potential everywhere, you know. Oh sure. Twenty years later. Twenty. I Thirty. Thirty. Oh, geez. Don't. <laughs> so yeah, I I'm curious to see what they end up doing in the reboot as well. Uh, mm -hmm. I believe he said he's finished writing the pilot. Oh wow. So, but I mean, it's still going to be what six months, nine months before they're filming. So, yeah, easily. Yeah. Oh, did you hear about the uh, the strike? I heard it's already over. Yeah, yeah, they were able to, they were able to come to a, um, an agreement. So, yeah. Yeah. Which is a good thing. It is. Oh. All right, the credits are done. Don't we all wonder what it will be like to be a telepath? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it would probably be really annoying. I, I think I think Talia does a good job of explaining for for people. Um, you know, I have to imagine that's kind of what it sounds like for uh, Charles Xavier, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. <sighs> Garibaldi is such a pig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's in such great shape for this episode. Look how young he looks. Oh, I know. I know. And for anyone who's not watching actively with us, I'm talking about Bester. Yeah. 
this guy has no issue at all with with the psychops just talking to him mentally. You know, and you wonder if he even recognized it. Right. You know, yeah. But it seems like it will be some sort of um, breaking of protocol to do that to someone without their permission, to speak in their mind. Right. But there are no rules made that can hold Bester. <sighs> it really does seem like everyone is drinking coffee <laughs> in this episode. Agreed. In like every scene. Well, Catherine's drinking a lot of coffee. The costumer last week that gave everybody shoulder pads and eyeliner seems to be off this week. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. It's like a half inch less on everybody's shoulders. So you were saying <laughs> about... <laughs> so I was saying about talking in somebody's mind yes yeah uh, I cannot remember the female telepaths you know I don't remember either name what is it? I think the, isn't she only in this episode? Yes. Uh, yeah, they do have rules about this. Bester, exactly. Bester, Bester, Bester. Yeah, I can't remember. Kelsey. Kelsey. There we go. <clears throat> Let's see here. So this aired in... 1994. When was Don't Ask, Don't Tell passed? Oh, that's a great question. I don't, I don't know. Let's don't see. Ask, Don't Tell. Like, do they have a 93. reference? 93. 93, so a year before. Uh, only a few months before, but yeah. Huh. December of 93. Now, that's an interesting... How'd you make that correlation? Oh, just Bester, you know, Bester not telling uh, Sinclair everything. Mm. It's a, it, Later on, he does use one of those it's-a-need-to-know sort of things. Um, but, yeah. I have to keep my eye out. Oh, yeah. I, so, yep. I remember... Now this episode's rushing back to me. Yeah. The mind Road quakes. Telepath. Yes. Ooh, excuse me. It's very oh. 90s. Um, very 90s furniture. Oh, yeah. And yeah. costuming. But, you know, I, I still love... It's almost... Everybody feels that pain of that, like, high-pitched almost like weird television being turned on sound. Yes, yes. This is a great use to like give the experience to the audience. Oh yeah. This isn't a regular headache. This is a sigh headache. 
yeah. Well, we'll we'll see a sigh headache in a couple of couple of minutes. No, not even a couple. You know, I bet you in this in this world, these worlds, for some species, water gets them really drunk. And so, walking into Sinclair's office and seeing, seeing that he's always got water on his desk has got to be pretty weird. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. There we go. That information is on a need-to-know basis, Commander. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. It's covert. What kind of covert? <laughs> I see what you're saying, all the need-to-know. Yeah. Yeah, it's not don't ask, don't tell, but, you know, it just echoed But it you're right. There is some... You're right. There's an echo here, and I, so I wonder... You know, if the writers were um, having a conversation with the audience outside of, you know, just what we see. Well, it's JMS but, on this episode. He's the yeah. writer on this one. It's so. hard when we go back and see things that are kind of dated because we're no longer in the context of when it was made. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to miss those, you know, sort of Easter egg conversations now. But oh, yeah. yeah, great call. Yeah. So I really... find the scan in Talia's trepidation about it Mm -hmm. Um, a little muted I'd like to see it very clearly Um, I'd like to see it more forcefully clear that she is being violated right I mean, it's interesting, they like move around her like they're scanning like an MRI machine or something, Yeah. you know, the side to side. I think that when I've seen um, this sort of scan in the past, it's really like a mind melding or something. It's never pleasant because you, you can't, you can't censor or edit what right. they're seeing, right? Really. So, but yeah, I'm not sure if this one is like painful or what else. Well, everything's open. Right, her entire mind's yeah. book, and they're able to see everything. Well, I mean, so. clearly not. Nice beautiful. real touch here that I didn't catch till I was watching this episode last night. Ivanova mm-hmm. is the one who gives Talia the glass of water. Mmm. Yeah. Yeah. That is. So, okay, so she's just been violated, and now the ex-boyfriend shows up. You know, Ivanova's response is, yeah, I think it's easy to gloss over it, but you're right, it is spot on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it shows shows that relationship is growing. Yeah. And JMS has made it clear that he he did what he could to make it clear that they were they were going down a romantic path. Hmm. I do really like Talia's outfit. Oh yeah, I think they did a great job because um, it looks updated. So yeah. even now it will be a cool outfit. I know 90s is having a resurgence. 
Um, but it also, it's not the classic, um, like it's, it's modest right. and it's professional and it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like Talia's outfit. Iron Hearts. I mean, okay. This guy has it's stolen. Off the rack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it's, it should be, he's trying to be low key and. But and, I gotta say like this far in the future, is that not sticking out? Like a, that's clearly an antique jacket. Clearly at least maybe. 200 years old. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I mean, sure, when you look at Catherine's outfit, right? But Catherine looks more suited for, for you know, work. Yeah. Right. Even on the Zocalo, she's invisible because, you know, everybody yeah. else is a pilot, too. Yeah. So, this is intriguing, you know, considering what you've possibly been told about me. Jakar is Jakar is now twisting what the audience expects out of his character. Mm. And he's putting right out there. He's putting right out there. What I've been saying is that you know there there's a movement in those initial episodes to set up the characters in such a way that your expectations are going to be subverted when yeah. things start really moving along. Wow. Yeah. And he actually puts those put puts that concept into words in this episode. Hmm. So I forgot that he actually said that. I think this is where we start to learn about the um, the rebellion that's going on that they don't really talk about that's happening in Psycorp before this. Um, Jason doesn't mention it. Yeah. Jason doesn't mention it, so I don't know if he actually knows. I well, you know, I might be wrong. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but I think that this is where we first discover. I watched it last night. They don't mention the rebellion at all in this one. Hmm. So, I I think... Do you think that... Oh, go ahead. I think the rebellion was after TNT picked up the series and they started branching off into a lot of the more Psycore stuff in Season 5. I think mm-hmm. that's where it was going to head. I think okay. I think he was trying to position it for a new storyline where it was going to basically be a full-fledged telepath war. Okay, yeah. Right. That and worked. the books go into that. I haven't read all of them, but there are books that go into basically a Psychor war. Mm. Um, I'm curious as why why do we go so long? Like we meet Psychor early. You know, we hear about some of their crimes, but why did we go so long before we learn about the rebellion actively taking place against them? I don't. I don't think it was. I. I think it was a late development. Mm-hmm. Right, because he, he truncated so much of season four to fit in stuff that was ha- that was going to happen in season five. He truncated all of that. That I think. It's very possible he just 
realized, oh, I need something overarching for season season five and to go mm-hmm. forward because TNT's telling me we can go forward. Okay. So, yeah. I and mean, I really hope that, that we get more of that in the reboot, that we can have multiple overarching stories going. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of potential. There is. There's so much potential. This exchange between Bester and Garibaldi. Yeah. Yeah. Sharks yeah. and the Jets. Yeah. Oh. Ooh. Oh. So I know everyone's like hearing our onomatopoeia, like boom, bam, <laughs> over here. But yeah, Buster just read Gar- Garibaldi his receipts. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I so love the. the- the, the use of caution tape? Were you going to miss the use of caution tape in the ship? <laughs> so off goes Catherine. Yep, through the Microsoft Paint warp. And now... So we're going to subvert expectations, but now we have Jakar ordering well-armed battleships to the same yeah, planet. heavy fighter. So, what is he up to? Probably something great. I'm a huge Jakar fan. Whatever he's doing is the right thing. Well, I know exactly what he's up to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. And I... thoughts. Pardon? So 90s. I was noticing that the, um, the 90s costuming includes a belt <laughs> you know, oh, on who? On Ironheart? Um, uh, Jason, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the idea. So, this is such an old idea of, um, you know, reaching to someone's, you know, throat and cutting it. It's very Star Wars. Sure. Sure. You know, I mean, we don't see that in anything. We see no, but they do. Just, they describe it. Well, they we see Vader and the Force choke, right? Oh yeah, I'm talking about in Bad Five. We don't, I don't think we ever physically see anyone do right. the Force choke. But we don't see. We don't see anybody do anything, you know, infinitesimally detailed the way Jason explains in this. Um. I think that's just about, you know, resource to tech. Eventually someone's going to do, um, you know, something that, like, we can get inner space with it. Yeah. Yeah. So Jason's created this giant bubble. Yes. They're really using the lightning effect to its full extreme. Oh, that's the fisheye effect on Photoshop 100%. Oh, sure, yeah. Oh, yeah. I 
I love that security for this being Garibaldi. Mm-hmm. Like there are all these people amassing. Like this force is strong enough to blow her hair like a fan directly in front of her. Mm-hmm. And at no point is he saying, "People, get away from your own safety for right. your own safety. Everyone, protect yourself." And she's like, "I gotta go." Right. <laughs> oh man. Ah, uh, yeah, that's a great. I really want to know Earth Standard Time. What? What time zone is Earth Standard Time? Clearly Eastern. Clearly Eastern. Is it? Yeah. Oh, Oh, because it's EST? Yes. Okay. (laughs) That's fine. I was thinking it was probably Greenwich. But. Not anymore. Not for at least 150 years. (laughs) That's my guess. Yeah, it's, and also, where was Bester uh, and Kelsey? They are actively invading people in the station, just their minds that are walking past them. Yeah. And no one thought about this giant uh, fisheye lightning uh, visual effect happening on the Zocalo? Well, I, I mean... That's a strong answer. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, Ironheart and his quote-unquote becoming, right? Is become. Well, he says he is becoming, right? Yeah, I am become, like that very classic idea of ascension. So, is he... Reaching the point where the Vorlons are at. You know what I mean? Well, you know, I would offer that the Vorlons, um, even though they have interesting physiology, mm-hmm. are not necessarily uh, to a point of actual ascension. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just sort of where their body takes them. Whereas Jason, much we've also seen this in other sci-fi that shall remain nameless, mm-hmm. um, is actually going past his corporeal form. Because he's no longer he no longer needs it. True. True. Very true. Um, yeah, yeah. I I think. Yeah, potentially he is past even the the Vorlons at that point. Oh yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I'll tell you, I think there. I trust uh, Jason more than the Vorlons. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is wonderful. That's such great uh, special effects. Don't you just love it's, the lightning? She's so close to it. And, you know, oh, look, bam. That's a good force field. Yeah. And, and I it know, could be worse. Oh, oh, I I don't think it's bad. I'm actually not, I'm not making fun of it. I think that he did what he could with the budget he had, and yeah. a lot of it, what he did was innovative and interesting. But this, there's just some questions I have about how is she yelling out to Jason, but somehow shielding herself from Bester, who's on the same station. Because Bester, don't get me wrong, he still has his portal form, but he is a baddie when it comes to you know, psi. 
Well, he has to be... They explain early on that he... That all the Psychops are P-12s. Yeah. So he should know. Yeah. He should, but at the same time, Jason may be doing something to protect... Oh, like a P-50. Uh, past that. P-87. Why 87? Uh, because it felt right. Okay. And this is about feeling. It's a sigh. That's fair. I guess that works. Sure. It is a great question. Um, you know, so you're actively ascending out of the need of your physical body. And you choose to go to a space station? He wanted to see her. Right? But honestly, once you get to, like, P92, you can see people all over the universe without a body, you know? Well, he's not quite there yet. Let's <laughs> just to wait 15 minutes, like, <laughs> instead of endangering the whole station. <laughs> I mean... I'm just saying, if I was, you know, ready for ascension, I would be considerate enough to show up to in my friend's dreams. You know, I wouldn't endanger their ship. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. For sure. It's in the, it's in a, a dream mail. A dream mail. Ooh, that should I should mark. You heard it here first, people. A dream mail. A go. message I send to you in your dreams or advertisement, a dream mail. Oh, boy. That's coming. That's coming. So now we'll get dream spam. I've been waiting for that for a while, actually. Like, why are we entitled to our, to, to you know, dreams and uninterrupted sleep? Right. When you could purchase an upgraded sleep. Oh, go ahead. Here we go. We got to wait a second until Talia and... And Sinclair talk. Pink lightning. Yeah. But it is a good question. And also, why don't receipts cost money? True. True. And why aren't we advertising on the moon? It should be sponsored by Pepsi or something every night. (laughs) Just get Chairface to do it. Sorry, I'm making a tick reference. Do you know the tick? Not well. Okay. I remember the tick, but I didn't watch it a lot. Uh, Chairface gets a laser and wants to um, put his face on the moon. And Hmm. he doesn't get the entire thing on there. And the great thing about it is, even though... Arthur and the Tick stop him. Later episodes, you still see the incomplete chair on the moon. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> see, I suggest we do a projection so that, you know, the advertisement can change depending on, like, Super Bowl moon, big moon. Sure. You know, that's top dollar moon. But, like, you know, November 2nd moon, not such a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe not. I don't actually don't know what holidays around the world might be on November 2nd. But, you know, that can be worked out uh, in advertising. That can all be worked out. 
So Talia's description of sex between telepaths. You wonder why is she having this conversation on a train with Sinclair? Like, is that... I mean, you're you're telling... Why are we going there? Well, because he asks what what Jason is. (laughs) But anyhow... Question. you're right you're right it's just it's 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 a very good scene i'm very i i like that scene but i love this, this scene that is beautiful isn't it it's like a giant eye and then like kaiser soza it's gone yeah wow identify for sure So, I'm remembering this as I'm seeing it. Mm-hmm. Is this a group coming to pick up their new member post-ascension? Is that what's going on? No. No? Okay. No, this it's ship isn't seen again. Maybe it's the light ship we were talking about. Bab- Battlestar Galactica crossover. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it is the same sort of concept. So, there is this... We'll get there. We'll get there when Jakar explains it. But yeah, it's a ship that just sort of is ignorant of everything smaller around it. Mm. I would love to see more sci-fi crossover, you know? Kind of like how Dune might have the face of Bo from Doctor Who. I'd love to see more just, you know, something universal. (laughs) Fair. If you want, if you want crossovers, you've got to look to the comics for that. Mm. That's true. I have so many comics to read. There's so much media to consume. I wish I had a clone. Yeah, yeah, I can feel that. Mm-hmm. Control over telepaths would be a terrifying, terrifying world. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's real thought police literally yeah yeah and how do you how do you stop a thought and a thought is the spark of any rebellion how do you stop a thought Mm, yeah the idea of molecules atoms neutrons that's so cool the idea of being able to affect things at a molecular level uh, just with your intention i heard a joke the other day tell me that joke I picked up a Neutron at a garage sale. Didn't cost me a dime. There was no charge. <laughs> <Ba-dum-bum>. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, Yeah, that is interesting when you think of, like, telekinesis. Mm-hmm. I don't know that people actually imagine ripping someone apart at the molecular, the molecular level, like that kind of telekinetic weapon. But that would be the logical conclusion, right? I mean, that's, that's what Jason is is really getting at here, is that everything logically gets down to... You wouldn't even need me to go in and squeeze the carotid artery. I would just need to look at somebody and say, you don't exist any longer, and poof, they're gone. Boom. I mean, that's part of what they're dealing with in the MCU right now with Wanda's power, is she has the power to, not as easily as Jason, but she's got the power to basically, like, make 
a person just go. Hmm. You know, that, that's Dr. Manhattan power there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dr. Manhattan's my favorite. I don't, hero? He's my favorite. Interesting. Yeah. Because he has the power that I want. He has the power to make change. <laughs> but but wouldn't that be um, Azamandias? Isn't he the one who's actually making the change in that story? Hmm. That's a good question. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> uh, in the comic book, I think you can make the argument that Adrian is the one who's making the change. Adrian's the one affecting the change. Because even he has stopped Dr. Manhattan in his tracks. So, Again, so many comics to read. I know. So many. So here we are. Catherine's in a, in a, a, a devolving orbit. Yep. The Narn show up. And they're told, and they tell her, Jakar told us you might have yeah. trouble. We're here to pick you up. I love this nice little touch, you know, that she's got pieces falling off the ship as she's, as, as her orbit decays. Mm-hmm. It's beret day on the set. Everybody has a beret. <laughs> They thought Prince was going to visit. <laughs> well, they do have royalty on the set today. That's the truth. Well, that's true. I would I would have liked for them to play with the idea that Bester uses his voice so infrequently out loud that when he speaks, um, it just has the quality of someone who doesn't speak very often. Sure. I agree. You know, what's up with that moving spotlight that's in every episode? Have you noticed that? There's like a spotlight above that just sort of moves slowly and, and no one mentions it. It's just Ooh. there to heighten the ambiance on the Zocalo. Got it. Ooh, that's sure. a lot of lightning. You know, you never know <laughs> when you'll be in the spotlight. You're right. I am being Earth-centric. For all I know, a moving spotlight is uh, way better than candlelight. For dinner might be um you might know be. the best way to view berets at his okolo might be moving spotlight yep oh he's he punched bester in the face oh yeah that was a haymaker to the face but it won't stop ascension well and you can't stop the lightning. we will get to watch jason fight a gun now that's not how do you bring a gun to an ascension fight like, again, he's right. You cannot harm him with a gun. That's a beautiful line. You cannot harm one who's dreamed a dream like mine. Right. That's and absolutely then... beautiful. <laughs> JMS is a poet. Yeah, and also with all of his power, it's so interesting that he doesn't destroy Bester. And you wonder, um... why doesn't he destroy Kelsey? 
in uh, on the Lurker's Guide, JMS says, yeah, I've been asked why didn't he destroy Bester. He said, and it's just, it's simply because he was exhausted from destroying Kelsey. Okay. So. I imagine that would be a lot of cardio, that much lightning moving through the body yeah. and actually destroying someone, like, completely, like, removing them from this existence. That yeah. That does sound daunting. So they managed to get him off the station in time before... He does damage, more damage to the station. Yeah, I was going to ask, how do you rest up after that, right? Like, you can't even take a nap. You can't eat. Right. You just got to blow up in space. Yep. That makes sense. Yep, yep. And this is why I'm sending a dream mail that this happens to me, because that was dangerous. <laughs> I give you permission to send me a dream mail. One hundred percent, you're getting one. You're definitely getting one. <laughs> and then we get um, the only gift he has to give. Uh, um, boom. She's she's got like you know whenever she wants, she smells chocolate. Was was that just like you know? Was she that... has some new knowledge and ability now. Yeah, and she'll but see you again in a million years. Did he just... Was this just a mental sex scene? No, I don't, you don't think, think so. so. I think that he, um, because he had the ability to move things at a molecular level, and he must like sort of like take that leap that he can even go to this like submolecular or something else, he unlocked something, some ability within her. Oh, yes. That she probably wouldn't have been able to have grown in her own lifetime. Yeah. So I think he just set her forward so that later on she'll be able to have an amazing scene uh, and hold her own. She she gets that scene here. Oh, was <laughs> I foreshadowing? <laughs> yes. So here we go. We handle Bester. Now, we get a callback here. A huge callback. When Bester leaves, mm -hmm. he says something. be seeing you. So we'll talk about that reference in a couple of minutes after the end of the episode. Okay. And the tip of his fake hat. I hope that's a part of the reference. It's not a tip of his fake hat, though. Oh, oh. It's not. The but tilt we'll, of the fake we'll, toothpick? Mm, no. No. Okay, it's something no, I else. That. I'm looking forward to learning. <laughs> she will not tell you what the gift was, Garibaldi. She will not. She will not. Yeah. And why would Garibaldi expect... Look at that! <laughs> that penny is, is so old. Come on, that's like a... No one's it's her lucky penny. penny. She explains Everyone's it. selling that penny for three trillion, whatever they use for currency. Because she, that penny is older than Jason's jacket. Yeah, but she explains that that's her, that's her like lucky coin sort of thing. And a retirement plan, I bet ya. Maybe. That's an American coin. Here we go. Now we get Jakar explaining himself to Catherine. How he's always known. How he's always been a good guy. Well, 
Well, he has always been a good guy. I don't. I don't know if you can define him as always a good guy, right? I do. He I is Jakar, right? He just like just like you can't define Londo as always a bad guy. He is Londo. Mm, I mean, I would argue that Londo um, makes actions uh, for himself, and often he claims for this entire republic, but it wouldn't be an action he would take if it didn't further himself. Very true. Whereas Jakar. Yes. His actions are for his community. It True. might seem unscrupulous what he's doing, but at all times, it's not just to further his own ambitions. And in True. fact, he's willing to sacrifice himself That's for his true. community. That's true. So now we get the discussion of the ant. Yeah, I saw something. That is a beautiful flower. And why are there ants on the station? That seems like it's very dangerous. Catherine explains it. They just can't keep them out. Right, but doesn't that seem dangerous? Like, they can't keep out mosquitoes also? Like, what else is there? Oh, they, they, they just come up with the transports from Earth. So this is Jakar making it very clear that the universe is still a mysterious place. Mm-hmm. Fast and timeless. Yeah. So this is like the AI conversation. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That that's gonna be a terrifying day where we, you know, have this ant understanding in the star ocean. Mm-hmm. It was enough to save you, Catherine. Back off. Well, it wasn't even back off. I mean no, that's they what just I'm didn't saying. know she was there. Oh, uh, that's what I'm saying to Catherine. <laughs> like that's back off. Yeah. You've been saved. Yeah, that's true. There's just not explanations for everything. Nope. The day there is, you know, game over for everyone. Reset. So. Maybe they're friends forever now. I don't know. If I were her, I would have given him a hug. Or at least a high five. <laughs> She's a little freaked out. She should be. Yeah, she should the be. The universe is bigger than she realized. Yeah. So yeah. I'm noticing now that there are so many plants. I bet you there are vegetables, too. Like, what is Garibaldi doing all day? How, it's his fault that there are ants on the station. <laughs> Catherine says very clearly they can't stop them. Well, that that really means Garibaldi can't stop them. That's that's what that means. I have questions about why he's still there. Well, would <laughs> it, would it be Garibaldi or would it be Ivanova? It would be Garibaldi. He's about he's the security. Um, isn't he head of security? Yeah. So it's under his purview to make sure the station stays safe. Mm. So it's secure. I have to go through security if I'm going to Canada and I can't bring a bunch of apples with me. You know, so how True. the reason we have ants in the station is because Garibaldi's drinking coffee instead of doing his job. <laughs> lots of Warner Brothers, lots of uh, Looney Tunes. So that be seeing you. Yes. Right. Uh, you know who Patrick McGowan was? No. Okay. So Patrick McGowan was, I think, at least I think, I'm pretty sure he's passed away. Let's see here. McGowan. 
Yes, he passed away in 2009. Okay. Okay. So Patrick McGowan was an actor mostly known for a series called Danger Man in the UK and um, came over to the U.S. as Secret Agent and it had the theme song of Secret Agent Man. Remember that song? You've heard it. Yeah, I love that song. Okay. So, um, that series kind of stopped abruptly and McGowan announced that they were doing a new series called The Prisoner. Mm-hmm. And The Prisoner is 17 episodes. It's relatively self-contained. There are a couple of, of fluff episodes, a couple of filler episodes. But for the most part, it's a self-contained universe, self-contained series. But it seems to be the sequel to Danger Man, hmm. where McGowan plays a secret agent who has resigned abruptly and has been... Um, kidnapped and taken to a place on a secluded island, he's not sure where, called The Village. Everybody has a number, and they refer to themselves by their numbers, and Mm -hmm. he is number six. And everybody in the show, um, the traditional traditional, uh, um, saying for when you're leaving, the traditional farewell is be seeing you and sort of you know tipping a finger from your your eyebrow and around your your eye well it's because they are under constant observation on this island all right the village is under constant monitoring the idea that you what you find out is they are all former secret agents from different powers so it might be east or west not sure what and Mm -hmm. in um number six's case because we never find out his actual name in number six's case they want to know why he resigned they simply want to know why he resigned and he won't tell them so he spends 17 episodes trying to figure out how to get out in fact, at one point, he does get out, and they re-kidnap him and take him back. Um, <laughs> um, so, but Bester, that be seeing you yeah. is Bester saying, I'm watching. So and by doing it at the top of his head, it's this yeah. nice little like mental thing. Right? He's watching... When I hear that, because you, you, the way you described it, it mm-hmm. sounds like the people, the secret agents on the island, those who were designated by number, are the ones who would give each other the, the seeing you uh, salutation. Is that, am I understanding correct? Everybody says it, but it's those who are running the village that have instituted it, for lack of a better word. They're the ones who are watching everything. So there are cameras everywhere. Number everywhere. two... Of course it's number two. (laughs) Number two is in charge of monitoring everybody and trying to get the information that they need out of each of the inhabitants of the village. Hmm. I always wonder, is Bester saying that because he is actually being watched? No, I think he's doing the watching. 
I, I wonder that, and I don't remember going back. Like, I know there are larger powers in Bester, but under what surveillance is he in to assure his allegiance? So, I know that there is a long discussion. There, there, I know that there is a Psy War series in the books... I think first here's the uh, here's the Wikipedia entry for the prisoner. Oh, cool! Um, yeah, I think there is a. Now I only read a couple of the books, and if anybody knows, um, yeah, there's a Psycore trilogy. So the Psycore trilogy is. Dark Genesis, Bester Ascendant, and then the Fate of Bester. Oh, cool. I wonder if these are on Audible. I don't think they're in print right now. Oh. Well, I don't I know who we have to talk to about that, but there's an audience. Yeah. Dark Genesis, Deadly Relations, Final Reckoning. And if I remember correctly, these are actually... Um, considered canon by by um, JMS so not nice. e not every novel is considered canon okay but I understand that these are so and it, it and the last book has Garibaldi chasing Bester I wonder how Garibaldi would do that because, I mean, anywhere Garibaldi wants to maybe look for Bester, Bester can just, you know, go somewhere else. Yeah, well. Maybe Garibaldi I mean, I has friends. Yeah. Oh, well, no, that's not true. I know that's a lie. <laughs> Garibaldi <laughs> doesn't have friends. We know not that. Anymore. Not since Mars. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a... I, I think... If we could get a hold of some of those, I I don't know if we can, but uh, they They're exist. They're not in print, so how do they exist? How would you get a hold of it before? Uh, well, they were in print at one time. I had oh, a couple so of them. I had a couple of oh. them, and I don't know where they've they've gone off to. I bet um, you we could eBay it. Yeah. 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 Um, but I know there is a list of canonical B five novels and i'll have to see if i can find that and i'll send it to you um, oh nice oh we should put them up too on on twitter yeah yeah that's true uh oh there is a b5 hey, there it is it's b5 canon checklist uh, it's got comic books and short stories too oh that's good somebody needs to reprint these with the new series coming out Sounds comprehensive and sounds like maybe a plan for someone like us. Uh, I said yes, like us. Yes. So, yeah, the Psycore <laughs> novels are in there. So, there was a there was a Dell set of novels, a Del Rey set of novels, and there were some some short stories and then DC did a comic series. Um So 
much. Yeah. So much, but then again, not that much, really, when you look at it. Yeah, I agree. Never enough, but still so much. But, yeah, so we get more of the Psycore. We get more of the Techno Mages. And I'm not sure what the Legions of Fire give us, but it's by Peter David, who is one of my absolute favorite comic book authors of all time. Um, if you've never read any of Peter David's stuff, he did a wonderful run on uh, both The Incredible Hulk and X-Factor in the 1990s. And uh, he, did, he did just a wonderful job with with X-Factor. I love Peter David's stuff in X-Factor. Actually, you'd probably really enjoy some of David's stuff that he did for um, Star Trek. I'm looking at that now, Q Squared. Yes. He did that. Pretty awesome. Yes, yeah. and he also did Imzadi. Yeah. So oh, that's really Yeah, David has done a lot of, of exploring that that Riker Troy relationship more than more than they ever really did in in the show or Nemesis or anything like that. Yeah, um, I mean, then it was a triangle, right? Like, is she going to end up with war for Riker? So, right. You know, right. Questions. Um, yeah, Imzadi's pretty good. Uh, Q Squared's good. There were a couple of others that he wrote for Star Trek as well. I might have them floating around someplace. I'm not sure. So, anyhow, that was Mind War. Yeah, that was yeah. fantastic. Yeah, I think I think it's a good one. I really like where Jakar's going. I really like where um, where we have this clear issue that's been introduced by you know the psychops showing up. I mean, Bester Bester doesn't care about about your little lives, right? Mm. Yeah, he's. There are rules, and then there are rules. There are rules as long as the Psychor wants to, wants to enforce those rules. Yep. So yeah, I I I think it could have gotten really really weird if um, weird in a good way, if we had been able to see like season six, seven, eight, and get oh, into. Yeah. The minutia of of the core and really get to know about the rebellion and about the core and you know just watch all of that play out i would love to see a character that goes through the core and just see that arc like from the beginning when they're picked up and they have that choice you know dull mm -hmm. your sense or come with us I'd like to see that whole arc and how it plays out. Like, how are they trained? Um, you know, do they even hear about rebellion in that space? Like, yeah, no. I'd be interested in seeing that spin off. And and maybe that's what's in these novels. You know, to be very honest, they could very well be in there. Um, but yeah, yeah, I just uh. hmm. that was a that was definitely a. a enthusiastic push of a key what, what did you find <laughs> no i was just going back to the babylon 5 books link which is the encyclopedia i have a copy of this encyclopedia not the signed one but i have a copy of the encyclopedia um yeah yeah i'm i'd really like to see somebody 
do something with those books, but I wonder where the rights are wrapped up at. Yeah, I think that we're finding over time, you know, anything that seems original that's coming to mainstream theaters is usually something that was written, you know, some time ago, loved, had a cult following, and now they're bringing it to mainstream. So right. even though these books haven't, you know, they're not on Audible necessarily, my guess is we're going to see them eventually with some huge budget like they deserve. Yeah. Could be. Could be. I mean, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. I, I'm really curious who we're going to end up with um, as Bester in the reboot. Oh, yeah. That's going to be a tough one to cast. Anytime you advocate, well, you know, are they going to have Bester in the reboot? I mean, that's a good question. Yeah. Right? yeah. If you have a character that's that carved out, it is really hard. Great example, Bewitched. Darren and Darren. Um, when you've done it, it's very hard to come in and do it again. The same with Roseanne, um, with Becky's character. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, maybe we'll just have a, someone else. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean... I don't know. I think I think Bester plays a very specific role in that world. And I think I think you've got to have him, but does it have to be Bester? Could it be Kelsey, right? Could Bester could Bester end up being the one who's killed by Jason, right? Um mm-hmm. If you go down that road, I don't know. Looking yeah. at it, the final book, because I just dropped it into eBay, the final book seems to go for anywhere from eight seventy six. That's an auction. Okay. Up to thirty four ninety five, or best offer. Nice. Yeah. So. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully. One of the publishing companies says, "Oh, hey, we've got these. We might as well toss them out there with the reboot coming. Let's let's do a let's do an omnibus Kindle edition or something like that. Because I'd love to talk about these on the podcast. That would be terrific. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm All not right. necessarily tracking them down at twenty six dollars a pop. A thirty four. Thirty four for a good copy is what I'm hearing on the street. Yeah. Story. Yeah." <laughs> no, I'm not necessarily going to do that, but anyhow. So that was Mind War. So next thank you week, for joining us again yes. this week. Next week, I think, yeah, next week is the War Prayer. We don't start. Oh. We don't start playing with the order that things aired in until until after signs importance, because then we okay. put. Then we move Grail into that spot, and we have to start moving things around in order to, okay. in order to make the story make sense. <laughs> <laughs> because things aired out of order, not as badly as let's say Firefly, but yeah. Oh, I didn't know Firefly aired way out of order. Yeah, Firefly aired really out of order. You should go. Oh, I gotta find go. the right order. You should go read about it at some point. It's in the right order on the uh, on the discs. Okay. But yeah, it aired way out of order. Like third episode was the first one to air or something like that. I can't remember. 
But okay, that actually makes sense because Firefly, for a great of a show as it is, that mm-hmm. first episode is one of the hardest episodes I've ever had to get through. Well, no, 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 no. I mean, if you look at the order on the... Or did you watch it when it aired? I I watched it later when it was on in streamed. I didn't even know about it when it aired. Okay. Um, it should be in the correct order when you watch the when you watch the series as it's being streamed or in the discs. It so the first episode order. was supposed to be like the train episode that's really boring and why? That was not intended to be the first episode. Okay. That was a request on the part of Fox for a new first episode. So that be- the train job became the first episode. And then I think the original first episode um, is two. But okay. even then, they screwed up the airing order, and I think they aired three first. Okay. I can't remember exactly what it was, but yeah, they, they really messed that up. And then there's Crusade as well, right? The the follow-up series to this. Crusade was completely yeah. blown. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyhow. All right, that's all it right. For, for this week. Thank you all for joining, and yes, we will you. see you next week for the Wait, wait wait wait, oh, wait, 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 what? So, I just want to let everybody know. That I made good on my word, and I have now seen both Iron Man 2 and Black Widow. I have something to report. And that is? Um, I now understand why I couldn't finish watching Iron Man 2. Scarlett Johansson, I take it all back. You're a great actor. That was fantastic. I loved your work in Black Widow. Mm -hmm. This is my advice to anyone else who has my, my difficulty. Watch Black Widow, the movie before Iron Man 2, mm. because um, I realized my issue was less Scarlett Johansson and more how she was being portrayed when she was mm-hmm. introduced in Iron Man 2 mm-hmm. under the like, perception and gaze of Tony Stark. It's mm-hmm. gross. It's um, dismissive and diminishing mm-hmm. and just bullshit. So I would find myself just doing other things. But when I watched it in reverse order, and I got to see Scarlett having conversations that weren't about men, that definitely passed the Bechtel test, mm-hmm. saying things that made sense to me, like pockets. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was, I loved Black Widow. And then when I went back and watched Iron Man 2, I got to the part where she, oh, hey, she's an agent. Because uh, before, you know, let me tell you how much money uh, Marvel missed on me. <laughs> uh, I stopped, I really stopped really spending money in the theaters watching movies um, that were Marvel after Iron Man 2 because I was just so turned off. Mm. So I offer that to any any person who um, is un- not understanding why they can't finish it. Watch the best one first. Watch Black Widow. Oh. Yeah. I... <sighs> that character... Oh, wait, let me qualify that. I don't mean the best of all of the Marvel, Marvel movies. <laughs> I mean the best in terms of Iron Man 2 and Black Widow. Black right. Widow is right. Yeah, That character is just inconsistently handled across the board so we could probably have an mcu podcast where we discuss black widow's just criminal handling yeah i you know i think we could have a writer's room podcast where we talk about how um these characters are written 
Yeah. Um, and, you know, what it speaks to us, because, yeah, you're right. It's criminal the way they introduced her with her being as cool as she is. And also, how that's how you waste a great actor. Scarlett Johansson, still killer. And, oh, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, the first time I recognized her was um, Ghost World. Yes, with Thor Birch. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 the first thing that I can off the top of my head say. Yep, I know that was her in it. Um, mm-hmm. And really, ever since I've been consistently impressed with her. I haven't always been impressed with the movies she's been in. Iron Man mm-hmm. two being one. Um, but yeah, I've I've been impressed with her. Now we can go on and talk about Ghost in the Shell and things like that, but there's... Yes. <laughs> Another time. <laughs> that's a completely different topic, and there are people listening to us for Babylon 5 stuff who don't care about Ghost in the Shell, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. So, but, like I said, that's it. We're done. Have a great week, folks, and we will see you yes. next week for The War Prayer. squared a weekly babylon 5 rewatch podcast your hosts are mona lucius and me joffrey spurl if you're already a subscriber we're thrilled to have you please tell your b5 and science fiction loving friends about us if you aren't yet a subscriber what are you waiting for this podcast is licensed under creative commons attribution share alike 4.0 international license thanks again we really do appreciate your support make sure to tip your waiters